And welcome to Resting Witch Face, your one-stop haunt for all things spooky, bitchy, and more. Emphasis on the more. Mm. Um, If this is your first time listening to this podcast, (laughs) while we do have the word witch in our title, it really came out of, I think, just a pun off of Resting Bitch Face, with which both Bailey and I... Oh, that's Bailey. I'm Grant. Uh Both Bailey and I have been confused of having (laughs) supreme Resting Bitch Face, ergo, when we decided we wanted to do this podcast... We put the word witch in our title and have talked about witches, I think, all of three times. Yeah. So I love that. I mean, we've talked about witchy things, witchy yeah. culture, when, yeah. and and we love witches, let's be very clear. Yeah, but, we think they're the most badass of all of the folk out there. Yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> and we love using the word folk. We use that term very frequently. Folk music, <laughs> queer as folk. Um, oh, God. <laughs> uh, it is very early. Yeah, we are. Oh, I was going to say we are really right right into it this morning a couple things are happening <laughs> you may notice I, I as i'm talking now i'm realizing my voice is like an octave lower it's a very sultry unusual <laughs> and there are a couple reasons for that one was that i was very sick this week and oh, i'm yeah. finally you recovered feel, are you feeling better i'm feeling better but That's i good. truly was knocked off my ass oh, i took no. i was like working from home for two full days <sighs> which is a lot oh, for wow. me <laughs> yeah i realized i can do my whole ass job from my couch so why do i go to an office but it's fine i love yeah. my job i love my coworkers. <laughs> um and then additionally it's very quite early on a sunday morning and i did shockingly go out last night no i'm very proud of you thank you um i did get home at t- 2 a.m mm-hmm. um I'm not hungover. I'm also very proud of you for that. Thank you, but I am ch- chugging a large bottle of water. Mm-hmm. So you're just gonna we're gonna have this this sultry Phoebe getting sick on friends. I love it. Voice. I love it. I mean, I while, while Bailey was partying hard, mm-hmm. I fell asleep watching The Sound of Music around like ten ten, and was awakened by my boyfriend telling me to roll over because I was snoring too loud and to Incredible. turn off the TV. I really love that for you. <laughs> I also. I do have to let you know that not only am I very tired, but my body is also in so much pain because mm. I tried a new workout class yesterday, which oh, is like a six of alcohol. And I was like, Oh, oh no, no, no. Um, I don't know how many times on this podcast I've tried a new workout class that I've talked about a decent number, a lot, but today I can't, really lift my arms above my head. And okay. every time I sit, it's just like all the, the butt and squat muscles mm. are aflame. So I did actually take a Tylenol because my body hurts so bad. So honestly, I'm doing great and I'm ready to be here. You just got to embrace the the church of Icy Hot. Oh my God. I've never. You never I've used, never like, used okay. one. Icy Hot is, well, it's, it's like a <laughs> ointment this episode's sponsored by icy hot actually i would recommend tiger balm it's like a more like all natural okay or like arnica it's really great for like relaxing muscles and you know what is it icy to dull the pain hot to relax it away sort of scenario and we did we worked that tagline in right very seamlessly casually you Um, would have never known so thank you icy hot yeah promo code witch (laughs) (laughs) um so, yeah, so it's it's early here on a Sunday morning. Bailey told me to come over at 10, so obviously I showed up at 9.40. Mm-hmm. He <laughs> quietly ate a bagel alone I while I finished getting ready. Mm-hmm. So our friendship in a nutshell. Yeah, it's we're starting off this day really great. Actually, I feel fantastic. I mean, it feels actually kind of nice to get up on a Sunday and <laughs> like, like I actually do, feel amazing. do something productive. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, I, I don't want to spoil next week, but mm-hmm. I will say that... Because I got sick, I was unable to go see us mm-hmm. on the night I was supposed to see it without Grant. And now I will be seeing it with Grant this week. Um, so I think you guys are probably going to get a little recap review from us yeah, next week. We're, so We're very excited. I'm um, so excited. I would encourage everyone to see it if you haven't already. I mean, 
what else is new? We're like a little behind the times. <laughs> but at the same time, like I feel like it'll be a good amount of time that we can like give spoilers and a lot yes. of people will have seen the movies. And so. I think it'll be its own little it's its own little bitch, which is our version yes. of our minisodes. Absolutely. So if you have not seen the film or if you don't want to get spoiled, then you can just skip over that one and mm-hmm. you know, we'll miss you, but we'll catch you catch you on the next one. Yeah, exactly. Um I don't know. Do we want to like get into our yeah. stuff? We don't have any do you have any hey that scared the shit out of me this week? Uh no, but I've been getting so. I mean, we've we've gone through my sagas of the various phone calls mm-hmm. that I, I for some reason receive, mm-hmm. and I think because it's around tax season. I don't know about you. I've been getting a lot of phone calls with like messages that are like, "This is the IRS. Yeah, like there are several warrants out for your arrest." Mm-hmm. And I understand that they're fake. Mm-hmm. Like I, I do. I'm an, an educated so adult. Fake, like yeah. I understand that they're fake, especially because they're recordings of someone. But it still really like makes my skin crawl because I was like. Just like hearing someone say the police are after you is it's just never something oh no that's comforting. Yeah. No, I've I got one of those recently as well and I did Google it. Mm. I mean I've gotten them a lot of times, but mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, I wonder. Yeah. <laughs> well every time I get it, I text my mom and I'm like, These are fake, right? And she responds, she's like, Yes, like, like ignore it. Um, great. I don't really have a hate that scared the shit out of me either, but I will say that um I got glasses, new glasses a little mm. while ago and I'm still kind of like getting used to the the periphery mm. of having them in my vision mm-hmm. and something about like sometimes the light catches like on the corner of them just so that when I'm like sitting in a room alone, I like think I see a ghost out of the corner of my eye and every time, I mean, my heart skips a beat, I'm, I think it's the moment we've all been waiting for um, but then I realize it's just nothing so literally light reflecting off it's literally absolutely nothing is happening so very interesting story yeah thank you for sharing you're welcome um Um, well i'm realizing that i'm gonna kind of introduce the badass bitch this week and the story so you're gonna have to listen to this lower than normal voice a lot today um and i'm sorry for the sniffling noises as well as the water slurping noises that will occur you know it's (laughs) It's just part of human nature. It's, it's part of part of what we do here, for sure. Um, we we close the window just to make sure that all the outside noises could not distract from the various bodily sounds that will be coming. And that's the kind of service that we provide here <laughs> at Resting with Chase. Um, but in all seriousness, the the badass bitch that we want to talk about today is very unfortunately very timely. Um, but we we just want to touch on Jacinda. Ardern today. Am I, I think I, I think it goes without saying that I might not be pronouncing her name right. Yeah. As, but, as, as Bailey was saying that <laughs> one eyebrow raised is the other. I like squinted as if to, to imply, I really don't yeah, know if this I'm is correct. I'm so but. sorry, but I, I'm pretty sure Jacinda is right. So I'm going to yeah. just go with yeah, that. Just, just go um, but she is the, currently the prime minister of New Zealand. And the reason that this is kind of so timely is because of the horrible, Uh, mass shooting tragedy that happened there a few weeks ago um, on March 15th. But basically, Jacinda is um, a New Zealand politician who's currently serving as the 40th Prime Minister of New Zealand. um, And she has been in that office since October 26, 2017. She's also served as the leader of the Labour Party since August of 2017. She's been a member of parliament. Um, She was first uh, elected to the House of Representatives in 2008 and she is truly an incredible woman um not that age matters but she's 38 years old and she's the fucking prime minister um she's the world's youngest female head of government having taken office at age 37 and she also became the world's second elected head of government to give birth while in office when her daughter was born on June 21st of 2018. So just in general, she's a really badass lady. She's absolutely killing it. Um, But she's really kind of stepped into the spotlight recently because of this tragedy and and the way that she's handled it. Um, But basically on, on March 15th, 50 people were shot and killed in two mosques in Christchurch in New Zealand. Um, And in a statement broadcast on television, Jacinda offered condolences and um, stated that the shootings 
had been carried out by suspects with, quote, extremist views that have no place in New Zealand or anywhere else in the world. Um, additionally, she vowed that she would actually never speak the suspect's name in an effort mm. to prevent him from gaining notoriety. I love that. Which I, I think is great as well. Um, so she's, you know, she's been kind of, she and New Zealand in general have been kind of praised for their response to this so far because, you know, as we've touched on, America doesn't have the best relationship when it comes to gun safety um, and gun regulations. Yeah, and, that's an understatement. Yeah, uh, it, seem, it kind of seems like no matter how many horrible, horrible things happen here, there's kind of been no change. Um, and it's not, that's kind of not how they're addressing it in New Zealand at this point where they're saying like, this is a time that we need to take action. Um, so in response to the shootings, Jacinda announced um, her government's intention to introduce stronger firearms regulations. And she said, our gun laws will change. Now is the time. People will be seeking change and I'm committed to that. She continued that there have been attempts to change our laws in 2005, 2012, and after an inquiry in 2017. And now is the time for change. So it seems um, likely that the country will actually ban semi-automatic weapons completely. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it's something that they they announced at one point and then right. like came back on because the, they hadn't fully realized what they were going to do with it. Um, but whether it's a ban or whether it's just a lot stricter regulations, especially on semi-automatic weapons, um, that's something that they're definitely taking action about. Um, and I think that's something that we could personally really learn from uh, where we live. Um, but I just, yeah, I just wanted to give her a shout out because she's been a badass for a long time, clearly, mm -hmm. um, but just recently has kind of come into our awareness. So oh, great. Yeah. 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 And no, I think, thank you for choosing that. Cause I think it's, you know, we become so desensitized to gun violence in our country and in other countries that I think we forget that change is possible right. under really? the right, under the right leadership and, you know, with people in power that actually give a shit yeah. about their citizens and about their citizen safety. And I think that, we're living obviously in a very tenuous time here in our country. And it just, it, it makes me, it gives me at least a glimmer of hope through like a horrible tragedy that something good can come of it. For example, I mean, for New Zealand. Yeah. And I just hope that, that the same thing can happen elsewhere. Yeah, completely. I think we are at this point trained to think that another bad thing happened and absolutely nothing will come of it. Um, and I think having that kind of mental shift of like, no, something can come of it is is really important and i hope mm -hmm. that that's that's somewhere that we can get to in the near future i hope so um okay well All right. sorry that was obviously a bit of a downer but important mm -hmm. um and now we'll move on to the ghosts <laughs> <laughs> um so i'm gonna be telling the story this week and it's you know it's kind of a classic. We oh. haven't we haven't done a haunted house in a oh, while. Nice, we haven't. We haven't, and this is one that surprisingly I had never really heard about, and Perfect. it's kind of happened pretty kind of recently. Oh, so you know we're just we're just gonna get into it. Um, and yeah, as we kind of said at the beginning of this episode. This podcast is like kind of for us to talk about things that we think are fun and that we want to talk about. So we hopefully are giving you guys the the variety that you crave when you come to this spooky podcast. Um, I know we've done like a lot of true crime recently mm -hmm. and like alien stuff and like we're kind of all over the map, but... But that's what we're here for. We're here to give yeah. you a large swath of various topics of spooky and... Bitchy and more, you might yeah. say. <laughs> Weird. That sounds nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as as always, we're very open to suggestions and mm -hmm. are, you know, we do love hearing feedback from you guys if you like certain topics more than others. But today, you know, going back to our roots a little bit, we're just going to get into some fucking ghosts. Love it. So Some fucking ghosts. It's actually 
now that I say that it's actually a demon and not a ghost, and it's actually specified within the story that it's not a ghost, so let's oh, be perfect. clear about that. Um, I'm going to be telling you about the paranormal experiences of the Cranmer family, which have been published in a book actually just in 2014 that was titled The Demon of Brownsville Road. Have you heard? I've not heard heard this, but I'm already excited. Okay. So while the book was just published a few years ago, the events of this book actually started way back in 1988 and were documented by Bob Cranmer, who was a husband and a father who lived in the house and had the house <laughs> lived in the house and had firsthand experiences with all these things that went on there. So um, the manuscript was written by Bob himself um, and was eventually reduced in size and rearranged by um, professional author and editor Erica Manfred. So I haven't read the book, but I've read some ex- uh, excerpts. So well, good for you. <laughs> I mean, like two. Okay, so. I got a lot of the information today from our good friend, Wikipedia, but also from our even better friend, The Lineup, in an article written by um, Diana Villabert. Um, and there's also a, a really good article on Mysterious Universe by our boy, Brent Swanser. And yes, I have used his articles before okay, on this I was podcast. Saying, am I supposed to know his bad name? <laughs> um, no, we love Brent. Um, and Fun fact, <laughs> Brent is a very common name that yes. is mistaken for my own when I'm ordering at Starbucks. Oh, my God. Do you run the website Mysterious Universe on the sure side? Sure do. <laughs> um, my stage name. <laughs> Brent, we love you. Um, additionally, there's actually a Demon of Brownsville Road WordPress site that was created by Bob Cranmer himself that includes excerpts from the book, as I described, some of which I'll be reading to you today. Just little snippets. Okay, so before we actually get to the Cranmer family's experience, we have to go back in time. So it's hard to say whether this is more legend or cold hard fact, but for the sake of this podcast, cold hard fact. Um, But supposedly in March 1792, a mother and her three young children were killed by a group of Native Americans in the vicinity of Fort Pitt, Pennsylvania during the Northwest Indian War. Um, Is that where the story takes place in Pennsylvania? Yes. Oh, cool. Um, So this was done as a, quote, act of terror to discourage continued pioneer settlement in western Pennsylvania and Ohio. Um, It should be noted that the killing of the women and children was not common practice by the natives, as they were um, usually taken as prisoners to live with the tribe or ransomed as hostages. So... Bob's book maintains that this that this massacre occurred on the ground where the house in question would later be built and that the mother and children who were killed are actually buried in the front yard. So supposedly the premise for this like demonic possession of the house, spoiler, <laughs> that will happen later is that this the evil spirit that allowed the killing of these innocent people remained on the grounds and eventually inhabited the house that would be, hmm. would be built there. Um, we certainly don't have to dwell on this, but I'd also just like to note that if the indigenous people in this area did have anything to do with this killing, it was probably in a time of great persecution and genocide for the people who originally inhabited this country. Um, so while the mother and children in question were certainly innocent, it's entirely possible that other settlers they came across in the Pennsylvania area were not. So this doesn't justify murder by any means, but... The killing could have been more symbolic than anything. Well, I also will say, do we know that this is a factor? This is legend it's, because I think we that, don't because I think it's also a very common mm-hmm. uh, mistreatment of. Well, I mean, there's a lot of mistreatment right. of, of Native Americans, but mm-hmm. um, the fact that I feel like that's a very commonly used trope of in course. horror fiction. I'm thinking like Poltergeist. It's the whole thing. It's like oh, oh, the Indian burial ground. Yeah, it's like a very common thing to kind of. Yeah, blame it on an, a group of others, right? And there's Classic. there's that hilarious Parks and Rec storyline where the Harvest Festival is on an Indian burial ground, <laughs> and then Ken Hotate has to come in and and bless it. And he's just like saying nonsense <laughs> words. So he's like, "Doobie, doobie, doobie. do." <laughs> anyway, thank you. Um, so. Anyway, more shit goes down on the grounds of this house. 
So supposedly as well, an immigrant laborer would also put a curse on the house while it was under construction out of jealousy for its wealthy owner and his beautiful wife. Wow, we're really just going yeah, to run the gamut of... <laughs> also sounds like a trope that white people like. Yeah. So take this all with a grain of salt. Um, was, was the guy who wrote this book white? Uh, yeah. But yeah, we're just, just like, okay, so um, we have a curse. We have an Indian burial ground. What else do we have? Um where that in blah 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 no so the book additionally states that a local doctor would later perform many illegal abortions in the house so yes wow. all three trifecta we now have illegal abortions um <laughs> where the, because the homeowners were in need of money so there are no records of first-hand accounts of this illegal activity but an investigative newspaper article did identify the fact that such a doctor existed in that time and that uh, local lore supported the claim that he performed many abortions. So I, I guess that could have happened. Um, it is presented in the book that the demonic spirit said to possess the house, which we'll, we'll get to more on later, was primarily focused on hurting and killing children. Um, so regardless of how much truth there is in all of this, it's it's difficult to deny that the land and the house itself have a storied history that's, you know, maybe more sinister than anything uh, long before Bob and his family came into the picture. So the house was actually built at uh, 3406 Brownsville Road in 909, 909, 1909 <laughs> or 1910 and had three previous owners before uh, the Cranmers. It was a quite beautiful and large three-story house that was built in the craftsman style and would later be designated as a historical landmark by the Pittsburgh History and Landmarks Society because of its unique design. So um, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's still standing today. Hmm. Actually, I know it's still standing. So that's that's unique for us because we know how they love tearing down our relics. Yeah, that we insist on visiting and probably never will. Right, of course. Um, so all the pictures I've seen of it look like you'd expect a nice home in a quiet, somewhat wealthy neighborhood to look. Um, it's it's really quite big. It's surrounded by trees and looks altogether really peaceful. Um, honestly, like the perfect place to raise a family. So Bob actually grew up in the Pittsburgh area and remembers being drawn to the house from the time that he was a young boy. So he would actually stand out in front of this house and just hope and dream that one day he'd be able to see inside it or even actually live there. So uh, Bob married his wife, Lisa, in 1980 um, while Bob was an officer in the U.S. Army. He left the service in 1986 and went to work for AT&T in Whippany, New Jersey. Uh, the couple's objective was to eventually relocate back to Pittsburgh, where Bob had grown up, as I said before. Um, in December 1998, 1988, Bob was... <laughs> wow, are, are you okay? Can you read dates? <laughs> in December 1988, Bob was unexpectedly transferred to Pittsburgh by his employer sooner than the family had planned to move back there. In fact, they had just finished building a new house in New Jersey in 1987, Ooh, which kind of sucks. sucks. Um but still, Bob was excited to return to Pittsburgh, and they began looking for properties. So, mysteriously, the Brownsville house that Bob remembered from his childhood went up for sale the same week. Mm. Um, the couple had four children uh, at the time, aged Jessica, four, Bobby, three, David, two, and Charles, two months. So I would just like to say that woman was pregnant. For, for like, four full years. <laughs> it's like Irish quadruplets. Basically. Yeah, Jeez, incredible. Um, couldn't get enough. Good for you, Lisa, with an E. L-E-S-A. Okay. Lisa. Maybe it is Lisa, but I refuse that. Yeah. Um, so when they went to go see the house as a family, Bob states that the, the sellers seemed very anxious to move out. Um, in fact, he was surprised to see that they accepted his first lowball offer without any negotiations. Never a great sign. Not a good Red sign. Um, during a walkthrough of the house, young Bobby Jr., who was three at the time, wandered off by himself as the group went down to the basement, which you shouldn't. Yeah. Just don't. Keep an eye on your children, even yeah. when you're in your own home. Even when in you're your own haunted home. When you're in the basement of your haunted home. 
Um, the family soon found him on the front staircase, crying and hyperventilating as if, quote, he'd seen a ghost. Lisa later expressed to Bob that she had some misgivings about the house. Not only was it much too large for their needs, but she also said that it gave her the creeps. <laughs> However, Bob ignored his wife's feelings and his child's unpleasant experience and was determined to make this house their home. Um, he did, however, ask the seller if there was, quote, anything wrong with the house. And the seller seemed to understand what Bob was getting at and assured him that the house was fine. He also added that Catholic mass had been conducted several times in the living room of the house. So I just loved mm. how this was written in the Wikipedia article. It said, quote, Bob thought this an odd response, but took it with the reassurance that had been implied. So see, it's see, <laughs> if, if, if someone had told me that Catholic mass had been performed several times in the living room of my home, I would be like, how quickly can I leave? Yes. Well, it's also like, oh, I didn't realize Catholic mass had been frequently held in the living room. Yeah. It must be fine. Seems like a very appropriate response to, is there anything wrong with the house? Yeah, like, don't <laughs> worry. Just had to bless it several times. Yeah, it's great. Um, so, obviously, the family moves in. <sighs> Within weeks of moving, Bob and Lisa began to experience paranormal activity in the house. We're all shocked. Um, the first phenomenon they experienced was that a pull chain on a light in a coat closet would continuous, continuously wrap itself around the light and would never remain hanging down. So it was like, for some reason, this chain that you used to pull, the, pull on the light would be wrapped all the way around the light, mm -hmm. which is like a small thing, but obviously like it's the two of them living in the house with very small kids. So they know neither of them are doing it. So why is that happening? Right. Um, Additionally, small nuisances like lights turning off and on on their own or objects being misplaced also occurred around the house. Bob wrote at the time, quote, From the first, Lisa and I always had the feeling that we were not alone in that house, that we were being watched by someone or something. I can remember the sensation so clearly. We felt surrounded by the past as if we were almost living in it, that we were only temporary visitors tolerated for the time being who would eventually be expelled. So that's not good. Yeah, sounds lovely. Um, later that next spring, a few months after the family had moved in, Bob discovered a small metal box buried in the front yard that contained various Catholic religious items. He called the previous owner just to be like, hey, friend, anything I should know about here? Um, but the <laughs> owner assured him that the, quote, house was fine, but that he should probably just put it back where he found it. Oh, did he? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. Can you imagine just being like, um, I just I just dug up like a, a rosary and some holy water. Is that is this fine? And they're like, oh my God, totally fine. Um, just put it back literally exactly where it was and never disturb it again. Thank you. But, but, but it's it's fine. We, it's, it's totally fine. It's totally, it's literally so fine. Um, Nothing's been ever been more fine. Never. So <laughs> the issues in the house intensified um, to loud banging on the floor and the walls, um, unknown footsteps roaming through the house when no one else was around. Um, and there were also instances when items would be found inexplicably smashed or broken, including a bent crucifix that was found dumped on the floor as if tossed there. Um, in addition to this, there was the, quote, blue room, so named because it had blue wallpaper and a blue rug, which honestly sounds terrifying enough. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was, the most, it was the scariest room in the house because of the interior decoration. <laughs> um, but this room would become infamous in the family because according to the children who slept there, like... Okay. Why are you doing that? You have four children. I, I hope they're all sleeping in, on this one blue carpet in your enormous house. Um, it also possessed some sort of malevolent supernatural force. So on many occasions, the children would absolutely refuse to sleep in the room. Again, probably like, no, because of yeah, the blue coloring. No wonder. <laughs> um, sometimes avoiding going near the room altogether. They complained that there was something bad in there and it would make itself visible to them as a shadowy entity wreathed in black mist and usually followed around by a foul stench. Ooh. So, me on a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, while this being was first sighted only in the blue room, it would later supposedly begin to creep into other corners of the house. 
So there's an excerpt from the book here on the Blue Room. So I wanted to read that for you now. So Bob writes, quote, that evening when I came home from work, Lisa and I were in the kitchen eating dinner and watching the news. The phone rang. It was Jessica calling from the third floor. So let me pause real quick. Two things here. I don't know who Jessica is. I'm assuming like a nanny. Hmm. Um, That's the name of a ch- one of the infant children. I'd, oh, was it one of the children? Maybe. I think it might have been. It might have been one of the children. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It was the oldest daughter. Okay, cool. Okay, but still, why is she calling from the third floor? On the phone? On the phone. Oh. Like, just yell down the stairs. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> uh, Jessica told us she was sending down two and a half year old Colin. Oh, right. Okay, now I remember what happens here. Mm-hmm. This excerpt is taken from a later part of the book where the children are older. Okay. And I believe Jessica now has a child named Colin. Because they actually lived in this house for like 18 years. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry, I actually, so not have the, nanny. I actually have the information I'm looking for. So, here we are. Um, Jessica told us she was sending two and a half year old Colin downstairs to visit with us. And he would be down in a minute. Like, okay, Colin has a very busy schedule, but I've been able to work you in. <laughs> um, Okay, so Bob says, I paid the call little attention as I was fixated on the news on TV. (laughs) About a minute later, I heard what sounded like the loud gasps of a child who was drowning. The television was on, but I still heard the sounds all the way from the front of the house. I immediately ran to the steps and up to the second uh, second floor balcony landing to find little Colin standing in front of the blue room, shaking like a leaf in terror and gasping loudly for air. Monster, monster will get me, he gasped as he pointed to the blue room. His face was a mask of fright, eyes bulging out of their sockets in a frozen stare. His mouth was wide open as if he was trying to scream but couldn't. Because of his developmental issues, which I don't know what they are, um, he could not yet verbalize fully what, what had occurred, but finally said monster. Colin, now 11, at the time this book was published, um, will still not venture to the second floor by himself. He's not sure why, but vaguely recalls the, quote, black monster that lunged out of the room at him. Lisa carried him downstairs, and I felt like an idiot. I knew exactly what had happened, and I was angry at myself for being so stupid. Here we were in the middle of a battle with a supernatural being, and I had let my grandson walk walk alone right through the middle of the battlefields. What was I thinking? How could I have been so short-sighted? I went into the blue room and said in a loud, firm voice, I've had enough of you. You were a coward going after a child. In my mind, I could almost hear it laughing at me. Why would it care if I called it a coward? It was all about hurting, terrorizing, and if possible, killing innocent children. I felt foolish and at that moment impotent against it. I realized that it had accomplished its purpose. It had scored a direct hit on me and was probably standing there laughing at me. When the stench wafted over me, I knew I had just experienced a major victory. It had found my greatest weakness. When I regained my composure, I think he meant it had experienced a major victory. Okay. When I regained my composure, I went downstairs to where Lisa was holding Colin, who was still trembling. The demon was upstairs, stinking up the place, <laughs> and I knew that it would probably soon be back on the third floor as well. <laughs> I love it. Just like a very flatulent demon. <laughs> I know, right? Just like can't control. I love that. Also, itself. like Bob is very dramatic, but very. I'm loving it. Um, so as you can tell from the fact that th- that he has a grandson in this part of the story, this haunting slash demonic possession um would go on for years. So the family actually lived in the house for a total of 18 years. According to that's Bob, crazy. I know it's. Are they going to be like they were there for eight months? Well, that's the thing is, I'm like, okay, so if it's fucking terrorizing your entire life, mm-hmm. get the fuck out. Yeah, especially in go. this case where it seems like um, the entity is very much attached to the location and not mm-hmm. to the people. Like, it's not mm-hmm. the kind of thing where you're like, well, I have nowhere to go because it's just going to come with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway. So, according to Bob, the entity would become bolder and more violent as time went on. It started to appear in other areas of the house and could even be heard crawling through the walls and the crawl spaces of the home at night, which I really dislike. Have you heard the story of, I think, I might be totally telling us wrong. So, we have a a friend named Liz from college. Do you know the story? No. 
Oh, so she moved, she moved into a dorm where we went to school, and uh-huh. there was, like, these, like, sounds coming from the walls. Oh, my God. I think she, like, reported several times to campus safety, and they were like, oh, like, it's probably just, like... Your neighbors. That, or, like, you know, there might be mice, like, just, uh-huh. like, blah, blah, blah. It was, it, was in, it was in plant, like, an old dorm. Okay. And then I want to say that they, like, finally, like, opened the wall, <gasps> and there was, like, a full, like, squirrel family just, like, living Oh, my God. <laughs> Or it was like an owl. I actually don't remember. This might not have happened. I mean, I'm going to take it as at face value. Yeah, that, I, I that don't know if happened. she listens to this podcast, but I, I'm, she might be correcting us on that. But by us, I mean me. That's okay. Anyways. I love that. Um, that's not, I, I just that's, hadn't spoken in a while. I really wanted to interject. Oh my God, please. Do you have anything else you want to say? I've been talking a lot. Um, no. How are you actually, feeling? I want to hear the story. Okay. Um, would, would you have moved into this house? Like what, no, if it was a like cute house? it is a cute house, and so imagine it's like this is the house that you've been dreaming of since you were a child. I I totally understand, and it feels like very serendipitous to move in. But I feel like after a certain point, maybe you relocate, right? But obviously, like it couldn't have been like too bad if they're going to be there for eighteen years, a couple bad months, and then like nothing for a couple years, and then like right. That's I mean that's kind of what it seems like. It kind of came on pretty gradually, where it's like you can. You could feasibly live with like some weird noises and like a feeling of foreboding, I guess. But mm-hmm. when it when it turns into like an entity attacking your children yeah. in a certain room, you well, know. It kind of also reminds me, I don't know if this is the case, but in The Conjuring. Yes. They have like numerous times they're like, because I feel like a very common thing when you watch a haunted house movie is like, get out of, get, get out of the house. Right. Like, why do you need right. to like leave? And they're like, all of our money is tied up in this house. Right. So we can't just, we completely. can't just go. Yeah. And there's, it's also completely possible that like they were having trouble selling it. Like it might not have been so easy as just like, we'll just fucking go. It's like, do you like, um, <laughs> farting ghosts and Catholic relic buried in the front yard? <laughs> well, we have a house for you. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Anyway. So everyone in the family began experiencing like attacks at this point from unseen hands especially in the vicinity of the blue room that would leave scratches and bruises and in one case even a massive set of claw marks on one of the son's chests Mm. um so bob became convinced that this was not a ghost but rather a demon as i said before so in an interview with hollywood on the potomac which is something a publication well the potomac is a river and Hollywood is not that. Yeah, Hollywood's <laughs> on the other side of the country from the Potomac River. But. So glamorous Potomac. Um, he said, a ghost, if you believe in them, we do, is generally the soul of a person who passed on in some tragic event or something. A demon is actually the opposite of an angel. The existence of this thing manifested itself in a much different way than a ghost would. A ghost is generally reliving some type of event that took place during a life. Sometimes they can interact with people that are alive. In our case, this was a demonic, evil, malicious, malevolent spirit that interacted with us on a regular basis, and it wanted to hurt us. It wanted to drive us out of the house. There was no pretense of it being some kind of lost soul. So, in the case of this demon, Bob tried reading the Bible and putting up religious imagery to ward it off, but this just seemed to make it angrier. So Bob claims that it would rip the Bible from his hands, scratch at his neck, destroy rosaries, and twist and warp crucifixes, as we said before, further convincing him that this was a demonic force. Okay, this is the best part. Um, it, quote, also seemed to absolutely loathe the film The Passion of the Christ, turning off the TV and raising a ruckus whenever it was on. Like... <laughs> How often are you watching Passion of the Christ? Right? Also, like, it's can not- relate, because we all hate Mel Gibson, honey. Yeah, and, like, who wants to do, like, a three-hour dirge that's in Latin? Yeah. <laughs> it's in fucking Latin. Are you kidding? No. I've never seen it. No, who's... who? No one's seen it. <laughs> yeah, who has seen it? No. Oh, my God. Okay, so... All right. That's... That's my favorite... That is great. ...part that's, about that's the awesome. demon. So... This went on for years, as we said, with the situation taking its mental toll on the family. So I read this in a lot of places, but it was consistently just glossed over. And I don't know if he goes more into more detail in the actual book, but apparently eventually Lisa and two of the children would experience serious mental issues due to the demon, which would require them to be hospitalized, which oh. seems 
crazy. Like, get yeah. the fuck out of that house. Um, but Bob apparently had no idea that the spirit in the house had anything to do with all of these psychological issues in the family, which, okay. Um, also, let's not use this story to say that, like, if you have some kind of psychological issue, it's because a demon is haunting you. Um, that's pretty reductive. So Who let's knows? just be clear about that. Um, so he had no idea that the spirit had anything to do with it. Um, and he and his family attempted to manage their way through it. However, one night in 2003, his oldest son, who I think would have been like 19 at the time, um, attacked him in the house and Bob was then arrested, which is also confusing because I don't know why Bob was arrested and not the son, but I guess if you're like, if, if the police show up to like a domestic disturbance fight between a father and son, they're going to probably take the 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 father. Yeah. Um, the next morning, his elderly aunt, who was living with the family at the time, was also found dead in her bed from natural causes. There's a lot of players in this story. There's a lot there's going on. Some small children, there's some adult children, there's a dead aunt. I, uh, yeah, I know. Well, can you imagine just being like, oh, a sick elderly aunt? We'll take her at the demon house. Yes, yeah, come right on in. <laughs> Nothing bad could happen she with you She can have the here. blue room. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, so all the all charges <laughs> really was, caught you. So funny! That was really funny. Oh god, it's so early. Okay, so all charges associated with the incident would eventually be dropped, but the paranormal activity in the house increased like something had snapped. I feel like every pair I started every paragraph with and it went on for years more and it just got worse (laughs) with Uh, every passing year until uh, basically the span of a full like grown child yeah a lifetime um so finally now Bob realized that he needed help and reached out to the Catholic Church with his problem over the course of two years, a number of bishops and priests would visit the home to try to carry out exorcisms and masses, and in many cases actually witnessed the paranormal activity themselves. <laughs> he calls the Catholic Church, and they're like, oh yeah, we know that house. We've <laughs> given so many Catholic oh masses in the living room. Yes, oh, I love that house. We love that living room. Oh my God. Oh my God. So like popular a, with the clergy. Yeah, like, like, did you enjoy our present in the front yard? <laughs> you put it back exactly where it was, right? Yeah, oh thank God. Um... Paranormal investigators also visited the home. Most no- notably was the investigator Ryan Buell from A&E's Paranormal State, which I'm pretty sure I've seen some episodes Probably. of, um, who would claim during his investigation that he had seen a crucifix bent in half right before his eyes and that he also witnessed blood appear on the walls. So this is the second time you've meant to, um, you mentioned a bent in half crucifix. And I just want to know, like, which half? <laughs> like, is I'm hoping it? it's folding down like it's just, like, drooping. Or that, or it's, like, folding in on itself. So <laughs> it just is, like, a little, like, line and a little... I hope. It's like whenever... I mean, I don't know how often this happens, but... Very, it's, it's, it's very common, you know? No, no, no. I mean, I mean when someone, like, oh. in, like, a book or something where they refer to someone as being half naked, I'm always like, oh, which half? <laughs> The left half, the right half. It's kind of like a glass half full debate. It's like one boob is out. (laughs) Top or bottom. Yeah. Thank you. So, okay. So one of the priests who visited the home also reported blood flowing down the stairs when he attempted to douse the house with holy water. Bob writes in his book, quote, some of the areas where the blood was dripping from were so far up over nine feet that a person would have had to use a ladder to get there. Another interesting aspect was that it was only on the walls and not on the ceilings, so that if it were thrown up there, it would have been impossible to miss hitting the ceilings. Oh, so it's like dripping from like the seams of it the said, walls. It said it looked as if the walls were bleeding, oh. which is like, that probably didn't happen. I'm just going to go ahead and yeah, say. Yeah, probably not. It feels, I mean, this feels very Listen, Amityville horror to me. Well, yes, that's, that's the classic with the bleeding walls. Yeah. Um, some or painters. like The Shining. Oh, I love that shot in The Shining when the the, the elevator opens. It's incredible. Sorry, Mm. I cut you off. No, no, no. I was going to make a really bad joke. Okay. So we're just going to move back. What else do we do here? Yeah, true. Um, So it would not be until 2006 that the house was finally deemed to be clear of its demonic presence. Allegedly, the Passion of the Christ is also presented in the book as playing a significant role in cleansing the house from the evil entity. 
So All right. <laughs> I feel like this this whole book has secretly been an ad for the film The Passion of the Christ yeah, starring Mel, Mel Gibson. Gibson. Propaganda over here. So during the time um, that they lived in the house, Bob would actually go on to hold political office in the 1990s, first as a councilman and then a county commissioner, gaining significant notoriety and celebrity in the western Pennsylvania area. So therefore, when the book came out in 2014, it received rather significant attention and acclaim because a lot of people knew who he was, um, and he ended up doing interviews across the country in relation to its publication. However, the book did not come without criticism. Um, and the main source of that criticism was coming from several children and grandchildren of the two families who'd lived in the house before the Cranmers did. So they all claimed to have no recollection of any paranormal activity in the house and said that the story was fabricated by Bob for his own waning notoriety. That's um, also very Amityville Horror-esque when like, oh, yeah. no one who's since lived in the house has ever had a problem. Oh, and they're yeah. like, um... um Bob retorted that the children of the prior owners were upset that the reputation of their deceased parents was possibly being besmirched by the book, even though um, he used fictitious names when he was identifying them. Bob also states in the book that one daughter named Barbara Wagner, who grew up in the house, did reluctantly give details about significant paranormal activity in the house to him while he was writing the book, but she died before publication. So mm. that's convenient. Um, he also stated that the the son of a man who had grown up in the neighborhood during the 1930s affirmed that the house was widely known to be haunted. In addition, he claims that one of the sons of the previous owners verified strange activity to him before he understood that the book might cast an unfavorable light upon his deceased father. So um, Bob has actually offered to pay for and take a lie detector test concerning any of the claims presented in his book, as long as the three adult children of the previous owners join him, which I feel like mm. is probably never going to happen. That's actually a really like interesting way though, of like calling someone's bluff. Because you're like, okay, like I'll do it if you do it too. Yeah. And of course they're going to be like, no, right. I don't want anything to do with you. I don't want anything to do with this. Right. So then he doesn't then have to. Right. I also feel like, it's probably at the point where they all so like strongly believe in their side that they might all pass it. Also, I feel like lie detector tests are such. Yeah, a they're not so anything. So, um, I've seen Lawn or SV people can beat them, <laughs> which uh, is just renewed for a historic twenty first season. Oh my god, really? Well, yeah. of course, it's never gonna die. Well, they canceled the the original Law and Order after twenty seasons. Okay, so this is now the longest running mm -hmm. Law and Order. Incredible. I mean, Mariska yeah, yeah. can. Do, do this until the day she fucking hits her grave. Oh, well, I think she wants to. Yeah, great. I mean, the, I'm not going to get into it. Sorry. Yeah. I just love that she, like, she's obviously used this role for so much more. Yes. Well, that's that's why, like, she yeah. and she said numerous times, she was like, I will never leave the show because we're telling so many, like, too many important stories. Yeah. And it's, like, actually helps with, like, victims' advocacy rights yeah. and, like, anyway. And the we love backlog and all that. Law and Order. SVU. So... Um, subsequent to publication, a granddaughter of the doctor that was presented in the book, the one who gave all the illegal abortions, mm -hmm. apparently, um, contacted Bob to tell him that even though she was too young at the time to know about her grandfather's illegal practice, she could confirm that his personality and, quote, evil demeanor fit what her early memories could recall. So the story didn't surprise her as she described him as, quote, throwing shoes at her when she was a toddler. So, cool guy. Yeah, he seems like a blast. <laughs> so, all in all, like, like, every time we talk about a haunted house, I feel like we get to this point where we're like, a lot of people have criticized what has been said about it. Like, mm -hmm. it does feel like there's um, some lore associated with it, like with the Amityville Horror. I mean, like, clearly the family completely believes that this happened to them, but, and there's like some evidence to back it up. Whatever. We're, who's to say? We, who's, who is to say? Um, Not us, but... We're going to do it anyway. <laughs> um, so since telling uh, the story, uh, Bob's life has seen its share of tragedy. 
In March of 2015, his son David died suddenly and his wife went into a depression. Uh, they subsequently ended their marriage of 37 years in 2018. But Bob plans to open the house as a bed, of, bed and breakfast in 2019. So I think um, we know where we're going. Um, blue room, please. <laughs> Blue room. Um, he is quoted as saying during an interview, quote, writing the book was like outing the mob. There's obviously going to be consequences. I, I actually don't think it's like that. But yeah. um, eh. he does he still live in the house? Or he still owns the house? If he's going to turn into a bed and breakfast. I guess he must still own it. Um, I'm pretty lot. sure that they don't live there. But he continues to do interviews about the book and his experience to this day. And, you know, clearly he's working on those like egg recipes. Yeah. For a little continental breakfast. I'll take it. I'll take it as well. So that's that's the story of the demon of Brownsville Road. I love that. Thank you. I love a good haunted house. Yeah, it was like a really, like, just a really classic one. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, like, se- seems like some very scary things may have occurred there. Um, again, hard for me to relate on why they would stay in that house for so long, but we don't know all the details. That is definitely the the piece of information that I find the most suspect. Yes. Well, yeah. Unless they became so used to it. Yeah. I think we've talked about this as well, that like, it's also possible that this is a case of embellishment um, where they may Mm -hmm. have encountered some strange things that happened in that house. But he was like, if I'm going to write a book about it, I'm going to need more than like bumps in the night. Right. So... That might have been the point where it got to demons attacking his children and blood dripping from the walls. But, you know, who knows? I guess if you want to learn more, you could check out Bob's book, which is called The The Demon of Brownsville Road. It did get, like, a lot of attention when it first came out. I think a lot of people did enjoy reading it. So if you like that kind of flowery prose, then go for it. Oh, thanks for sharing. Here we are. I just talked so much. Yeah, well... I'll, I'll take over and I can just jump right into our, um, our complaint section. Cool. So this week I would like to complain about online forms, like online, mm-hmm. uh, is it like Google forms? Uh-huh. And I think that basically has something where you have to submit an answer with a certain word count, like a certain like uh-huh. word maximum. Yep. Because I've been dealing recently like, um, outside of my full t- my full time job, I'm also a practicing choreographer, and to apply for these things, like I have to fill like a lot of these sorts of forms, and it'll be like, give us a 200 word project description. Uh-huh. Cool, no problem. But what I've encountered recently is like a lot of it will be like, it'll say 200 words, but it actually means 200 characters. Oh my god, which is basically two and a half sentences. Wow. And I filled out one of these applications, and I was just kind of like, I was so annoyed, and I was like, okay, like whatever. And then I started filming on another one like this past week and I just got so fucking irritated because I was like, it was something I really, really want. Yeah. And it's like this like residency thing. And I was like, okay, like if, if I'm going to have any sort of shot at getting this, like mm-hmm. I can't just put in like 50 words right. and be like, think like hope you'll accept me. So I ended up sending them an email and I was like, good. I just wanted to let you know that, you know, I've been filling out this application and, you know, it says 500 words. It actually means 500 characters. Mm-hmm. Um, is this a glitch or is this like whatever? And they basically responded being like, oh, wow, thank you so much for telling us. Like, we're, we're like, we'll try and get that fixed. Oh, good. But it's just, just it's still annoying. I'm like. Well, it's like, how do you stand out among like a bunch of people applying to the same thing? If mm-hmm. you literally can only say like, it's it's an experimental dance with blah, blah, blah. <laughs> that's the end. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's also just like as we move further and further away from, I love how like also like my last complaint was like people filling out like <laughs> written forms. And I'm like, let's talk about online forms. Um, but as we, we're move, here for the form content you're looking yes. for, uh, resting form face, <laughs> uh, as we move things more onto the internet, there, there's just obviously it's like that. Mm, there's much more room for error. Mm-hmm. And completely. And, and I get like, they probably do it because they're getting so many applications that they can't like read seven paragraphs oh, that someone sends and them. That I understand like limiting something to like 500 words is very reasonable. Even of like course. 250 words. But yeah. when it's like, okay, I can characters. Like, yeah. and especially when they're asking for like your bio. Yeah. I'm like, so you're supposed to include like your education and you know, what choreograph- choreographers you worked with, where you've shown your own choreography, like where you've taught. And you're like, basically you have enough time to be like, my name, like Grant Jacoby is a New York based. <laughs> Perfect. 
Aunt Jacoby is New York based. Great. Um, well, I, I think it's good that you emailed them because I do think it's probably a mistake on a lot of these forms and they didn't know about it. So good for you for taking action. <sighs> Thank you. I'm just a very proactive person. Um, well, my complaint today, I feel like, honestly, like maybe we've talked about this before. We've complained about so many things. I know. I, I, I have lost count lost um, of what we've complained about. Uh, and also like, this isn't so much of a complaint as kind of just like, I kind of want to hear your opinion about this as well. But on me. musical episodes of television. Oh, bad. So this is, this is something that has been happening a lot more frequently. Um, I know that Riverdale just did their second musical episode and it, they did Heathers. Yep. Um, I think they previously did. I think they did Carrie. They did Carrie. You're totally right. Um, and then like. I don't watch Riverdale. I don't. I watched. I think I watched, I watched the, the first season. season. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's also like, I mean, a show that I've talked about a lot, The Magicians, which is a show that I love, um, also has now started doing like one musical episode per season. And <laughs> I love that show. And the, sh- the, the musical episodes are relatively fun, but also so cringy. And they do the thing where they just. Um, use existing pop songs and have their characters sing them, but like none of the actors can sing at all. It's like the Grey's Anatomy episode when they all start breaking into songs. Yes. And so they're I'm singing t- like f- Shit by the Fray and... Yes. Yes, exactly. Because... Oh, God. Yeah, so I think we... I think it goes without saying that the only musical episode the only that one. should ever exist for eternity... Is Seventh Heaven, <laughs> the musical episode. <laughs> <laughs> is... Once more with feeling, our Not n- near and dear Buffy musical episode, which was ga- game changing completely, mm-hmm. and like the the Buffy musical episode was not the first musical episode of television ever, but it like really did like solidify that as mm-hmm. something that shows would then attempt to do. I know it's it's taking a lot of notes from um, the Xena Warrior Princess musical episode, apparently, but it's been like. But it like references it, like okay. it's it's like referential of that. Um, but the thing that is so good about that episode is that first of all, Joss Whedon wrote completely original songs for mm-hmm. that that are bangers, so good. Yeah, Every bops. time you listen to it, you're like, fuck. And no, like the cast isn't that good. Like there's a f- like a few of them mm-hmm. are very good. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar like would not. Not a musical star, no. but sh- th- but they pull it off. Like she really does pull it off. She does, and they do. and they just and they know who in their cast doesn't really have the talent. Allison Hannigan, yeah, um, and they just like she just sings like kind of one line she sure in the does. background, which I think is fine. Lines mostly filler, yes, or like having uh, Michelle Trachtenberg do a dance number because she's a dancer <laughs> instead of singing because I, I always crack up at that one part when her when do you think she's gonna have her song with it does anybody even notice <laughs> and, and like, like she's like the really like high pitch like and then it's like oops she's kidnapped <laughs> no singing for you it's so good like a nun um, for Don Summers <laughs> but I also I also love that 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 episode really served a purpose and the musical numbers in the episode served a purpose for the plot which was like I mean Say what you want about like the looseness of the actual narrative of why Xander called a musical demon. There have been looser, but it, the the actual the thought behind the fact that when you don't know how to express yourself, you express it through song, and like how musicals often have characters saying the their most being their most truthful selves during songs is like what that what that episode is referencing and so much truth and emotion comes out in those songs. And now I feel like it's just like a fun thing that yeah. shows do now because like they can, and they're not usually writing original songs for it and their characters aren't really good performers. And I just, I'm not really here for it, which is surprising because I love musicals, Yeah, but I don't know. Do you feel the same? I do. I feel like it, I feel like in a lot of ways, like Buffy paved the way for, I mean, Scrubs has done it. And, I, and I've, heard I've heard Scrubs heard, is heard pretty good. good. Yeah. At, at a certain point, it's kind of like, what's, what is the point other than just to have a bottle episode that yeah. is, 
I don't know. Right. Well, I also think like I know I'm pretty sure like Community did one as well, but theirs was like very comedic and was like making fun of Broadway tropes and like things like that. Like I can get on board with that. I think it works. It could fit well into um, a comedic show like that. Mm -hmm. But I think like Riverdale doing it, I'm just like. And I actually read the other day that the TV show Transparent, like instead of doing a final season after Jeffrey Tambor was fired, they decided to like, they're just going to release like a two hour wrap up musical movie. No. No, they're not. You're lying. <laughs> I really don't think I am. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Well, I hope that doesn't happen, yeah, to be I'm honest. Yeah, clear on that one. But okay. Um, great. Well, well, as always, um, <laughs> please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Yes. On iTunes, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Right. Uh, we're on social media at RWF podcast on Instagram and Twitter, mm-hmm. um, or at, um, RWF podcast at gmail.com slide into our DMS, send us spooky suggestions, mm-hmm. s- uh, send us your scary stories that you've experienced or someone, you know, and love has experienced and go see us so yeah. that you can join in our convo next week. Yeah. We're, we're looking forward to talking about it almost as much as we're looking forward to seeing it. Oh, maybe. Should we have like if if you do if you have like a, something related to us that you oh, might yeah. like want to ask us about? Um, we are seeing it this so when this episode com- episode comes out on Tuesday, we're seeing it tomorrow. So so, uh, so give you it- can slide into our DMs, but just like give just be like us spoilers ahead yes. or whatever, um, and we'll or, take a look at those for yeah. Or if it's after discussion. Wednesday, mm-hmm. then um, just like flood us. Yes. We Love really we, we want to hear your opinions. Um, awesome. Thank you guys so much for, for listening, as always. We love you guys. We love you. Um, bye, bye, bitches. bitches.